It's Wednesday, April 27th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Ron Gross, from Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers, and from Inside Value, Joe Mager. Guys, good to see you. Good to see you, Chris. We've got news from Amazon and Nokia, and we will start with Amazon. Uh, Amazon's first quarter net income fell 33% compared to a year ago, as the company is investing more money into its online retailing operations and cloud computing businesses. But Joe, the company also raised guidance, and as a shareholder, I'm very happy to say that the stock is up today. I bet uh, you are. <laughs> what is of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> what is your take? What else would the stock well, do? I was, yeah, I was going to make that joke. So yeah. sales were up 38%. It's like the classic Amazon pat on the back story. Sales were up 38%. Profits were down because they're reinvesting in the business and setting themselves up to grow. I think we've been hearing that for a long time. But then again, the shares were up tenfold from where I sold them several years ago. <laughs> so I'm in no position to, uh, to mock on that. Um, Ron, your thoughts? Yeah, well, from a valuation perspective, at 79 times earnings or 42 times cash flow, there better be some significant growth coming down the pike here. Pike or pipe? We'll, we'll go with both. I think both um, work. Yeah. And I think there actually will be. I mean, you know, they're not – first of all, let's remember, they are a discount retailer at heart, so they do have relatively thin margins. But as they move into cloud computing and their music business and, and streaming video and things, I think we will see the growth needed to support the stock. I don't know if it's necessarily cheap. But it's not one of those crazy bubble-type stocks. Now, uh, one of the stories that sort of dovetail with the earnings is the fact that there are a number of state legislatures that are considering what is being referred to as the Amazon tax, a tax on Internet commerce. Um, that obviously can't be good for Amazon. To, to what extent is that going to hurt the stock? Um, to what extent should investors factor that into their decision-making, the prospect of that. Joe, take yeah, well, it I mean, it's a very real part of the, the price advantage that they have on everyone. Part of their advantage is they don't have the brick-and-mortar structure that their rivals do. But, you know, saving 6-7% on sales every time I purchase something from them is a huge deal, and that realistically is going to ding sales. And, and we appreciate those sales. So thank you. Hey, glad to help you out. <laughs> um, Charlie, yesterday on Market Foolery, uh, we were talking about Netflix you said that you thought Amazon represented the greatest threat to Netflix. Joe, Charlie's sitting right next to you. You agree with him? I I don't think I'd say I don't think so. I don't think I'd say Amazon. <laughs> there are so many different options. I mean, traditional television is a rival. Hulu is a rival. I think YouTube is a very sneaky rival. Um, it's a different system. It's not a membership model. But right now, they're you know there's a lot of buzz that they're working with studios on expanding their rental options right now. Um, YouTube is everywhere. It's one of the most heavily trafficked sites on the web. It's installed as an app on every iPhone you get, your iPad, you get your Android phone, and YouTube has a plug in each one of those. Uh, moving back to Amazon, um, what's the big threat to Amazon? What do you what do you think is the thing, the company that keeps CEO Jeff Bezos up at night? Is it Walmart? Well. As you said, first of all, the tax thing is a big deal. That does take away a competitive advantage. State legislatures and, are keeping them and up at the, night? the incredible point I made earlier, that at their heart, they are just a discount retailer, does, that mean, there's an incredible a, does mean that there is a lot of competition out there, whether it's Walmart getting into grocery business as they just are, or you know, a lot of uh, companies competing at the exact same thing. Um, they happen to do it amazingly well. I'm a huge fan of how Amazon does their business. So uh, I think competition in general is probably their biggest threat, but they're, they're, they really do a wonderful job. What do you think is the next big thing for Amazon? I, I think it's easy with hindsight to look back a couple of years and, and look at the Kindle 
and realized that at the time that was sort of their their last next big thing. Is it cloud computing or is it something else? Joe? I think cloud computing and I think the Kindle are both still next big things for them, even though they're maybe not next, they're current, but they're going to keep getting bigger. I think they've pretty well played that story, but you're going to see a tremendous number of ebooks sold through the Kindle over time. They're going to keep lowering prices on that to get them in more hands. This morning, Nokia announced a plan to cut 4,000 jobs and outsource another 3,000 jobs to Accenture. Uh, Charlie, Nokia is the world's leading mobile phone maker. What do you make of this news? Uh, it was kind of long expected that this would be coming, and you know, in a sense, you could even say uh, be a little bit surprising that the numbers weren't deeper. Um, you know, Nokia, you kind of got to view this company through a couple of different lenses. By the numbers, the company does look good. You get a 6% dividend yield. You know, it's trading at 12 times earnings. And they got a global reach, all the kind of stuff you're looking for in a large cap. Um, qualitatively, though, there's a lot of problems that, you know, give me pause. Uh, you know, most importantly in my mind is the culture clash that, you know, they brought in Stephen Elop from Microsoft going over to Europe and trying to disrupt the way that the Europeans run their business. You know, they take, uh, you know, the long vacations in the summer and you got Elop saying, we got a Microsoft phone to get out this year, guys. What are you doing? Um, you know, and so it's hard to imagine that they have a environment that's, uh, innovative and where people have high morale, high productivity, which is kind of needed at this point to compete with Google and Apple. Um, and, you know, job cuts like this don't help. Ron? Yeah, I think what you said is true. They're the largest uh, mobile phone manufacturer in the world. But to put that in context, that that's coming down. They're losing market share here. The business is deteriorating. They're now at about maybe 29% market share, lowest level since the late 90s for them. In smartphones, their market share fell to 24% from 39% last year. So we have a deteriorating business here. Um, it's still the largest for now, but we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about phones, uh, whether it's on this show or just around the office, it it seems like we're talking about Apple. We're talking about about operating systems. We're talking about operating systems. You know, it it seems to me that Nokia is a little bit like soccer in that it's really big everywhere else in the world, but not so much here in America. Well, that's definitely true. My first phone I ever bought was a Nokia back in the 90s, but they are just absent, completely absent from the North American market. That's only 2% of their sales anymore. And, you know, so in a sense, they've really dropped the ball over here. But you could also view that with this Microsoft partnership as an opportunity uh, for them to get some growth kicking over the next few years if that works. But that's a massive if. So what's the biggest opportunity for Nokia? Is Is it betting on Microsoft? That they have no choice. I mean, they just shrinking badly. Yeah, I I agree with that. They made the best move by partnering with Microsoft, but I wouldn't consider it an opportunity. Strategically, they're in a very, very bad position. Wow, so there is no big opportunity for that. <laughs> no. I mean, it's a, it's a long shot. They have to take it. But And as an investor, it's not a bet that I personally would be willing to make, although it's a bet that they had to make. Uh, before we wrap up, Joe, you are heading out to Omaha for the annual meeting at Berkshire Hathaway. Um, I know you're not going to get stage time with Warren Buffett. Uh, I think that's... we're hanging out for a few beers after. Are you really? Uh, you, Cher- no. Cherry Cokes, maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, if you got to ask Buffett a question, because he's going to be doing a marathon Q and A, he and Charlie Munger. Um, if you had one question for Buffett, what would you ask him? Okay. Well, I think my question would be: So, really, what happened with the Dave Sokol thing? <laughs> to which he would not reply, and then be, and then I would be like, okay, well, let me just give another one. Seriously, what happened with the Dave Sobel thing? And that would be my question. 
I, he is going to get barraged with that question over and over again this weekend, and it'll be interesting to see how he responds. You think awkward silence is not going to do it in terms of uh, his answer? Well, he likes to get out in front of things. I mean, like the memo that he issued that was a press release slash letter slash memo on the subject trying to get out in front of it. And at last year's annual meeting, when everyone knew he was going to get asked about Goldman, he did a statement at the beginning of the meeting about it to try and diffuse questions. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did the same thing this year. Charlie, one uh, one question for Warren yeah, Buffett? Yeah, I'd frame it slightly differently and ask about the hypocrisy because forever Warren Buffett has talked that, in, you know, integrity is the most important thing and, you know, the reputation of the business and the managers. And here was his chance to stand up for what we thought was a core belief. And, you know, he basically gave David Sokol a pass. Ron? I don't think I'll get a f- straight answer here, but I would say to him, as an investor, as an analyst, uh, do you think the value of Berkshire – is the same after you leave than it is with you at the helm, um, and uh, I would I would appreciate you know some kind of a straightforward answer there, but I'm not sure I'd get it. I think I'd ask him for a stock tip. I can't believe none of you guys are being like, "Hey Warren, <laughs> do you have a stock tip for me?" I mean, come on, it's Warren Buffett. You're not going to ask for. You're going to waste it on David. We're, we're that good, Chris. You're not. You're going to waste it on David Sokol. You're not going to ask for a stock. The three tip? best minds at the fool, right here. <laughs> Charlie Travers, Joe Mager. Uh, Joe, you're, uh, do your plug. What are you going to be doing? You're going to be doing a live log on fool.com, right? Yeah, we are covering this from every angle. We'll be doing a live log of the event on Saturday, and you can check it out on fool.com. Uh, the annual meeting, the Q&A session is a marathon, and it's famous for all their wit and wisdom and elaborate defenses, yeah. which may be the case this year. Uh, we'll be reporting kind of the play-by-play of all the dialogue that goes on, but along with some color commentary. All right. And and let's face it, the color commentary, that's better. That's, that's so, the fun part. That's oh, yeah. the fun part. So, yeah. you know, w- watch it on whatever network you're watching it. But get well, on it's the- not on TV. Oh, it's that's not? That's thing. So the only way you can get it is oh, through something like that. Then you got to log on to fool.com. Exactly. That's www.fool.com. Check out Joe Mager and the team with the live blog action this Saturday. Warren Buffett's uh, annual meeting at Berkshire Hathaway out in Omaha. All right, Charlie Travers, Joe Mager, Ron Gross. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Here's your outtake. I'm pretty sure Chris said live log. He did say live log. log.